0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmouth.church. Or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Well, if you're new here, then uh, hopefully you've already enjoyed the fact that we like to sing, Uh, we like to lift Jesus higher, and uh, this morning is no exception. And uh, I'd like to ask you which would you prefer? Now, forget if you don't like tomatoes, that's irrelevant, okay? Right. If you like tomato soup, would you rather have hands up if you like Heinz cream of tomato? Anyone? Okay. Or Tesco's cream of tomato? Any preference? Okay. What if I had Smart Price cream of tomato? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually the best Smart Price. It is. It's really good. We used to use it as Soul survivor. It's never had any effect on me. Um, but interesting, isn't it? Some people are quite snobbish. Well, sorry, I should, shouldn't say that because it might be you. You've got to have the label, got to have the name, got to have the brand. Yeah, anyone like that? Anyone, anyone got to have, the, you know, be honest. Yeah, yeah, okay, got to have the brand. Actually, you know, if I brought Happy Shopper tomato soup, still tomato soup. There's not an awful lot you can do with it, still tomato soup. No frills, smart price, all tomato soup. But they've got different values, haven't they? Some people will only have. Marks and Spencer's tomato soup. Anyone in Marks and Spencer's, uh, you know, foodie here? A few people, few people uncomfortable maybe at what I'm going to say. Or Heinz tomato sauce, maybe, you, maybe you'll only have Heinz tomato sauce, and actually at home, you don't know, but somebody at home might be topping it up with something other than Heinz tomato sauce. Unless you do the shopping, you don't know. I want to say, we do a, a life skills course, or Ros runs a life skills course at Walney, and... Um, We place a lot of value on worth, don't we? A lot of value on things. And Roz often does a a session where they do a taste test and they'll get different packets of crisps from the very expensive extra special crisps to the tempi a bag crisp. And they do a taste test where nobody knows which is which. And without fail, am I right here? Without fail, the crisps that everybody thinks are the best and the most expensive are the 10p bag of crisps. So what does that tell you? Maybe you need to taste test everything and then you might not be quite so bothered. There are certain things, you know, I'll only do a biscoff that's perfectly okay. You know, just so you know. Um, but we place a lot of value on things and the problem with doing that is we start to place value on people and we start to look at people's worth. But also, in our own time, we start to look at our own worth. And the biggest problem, I think, in some ways in society is people's self-worth is through the floor. A lot of people don't believe their own value. And even if they come across as confident and, 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 and um, outgoing, when they're on their own sometimes, their thoughts are the same as everybody else's. If I said to you today, who's ever had that thought that says, I'm just useless? I think most of us would probably put our hands up. Maybe you've had that thought sometimes of, I'm just never going to get any better. I'm never going to be worth anything. I'm never going to make it. Well, actually, this morning, the message is for you because actually, all of us have value all of us have worth. doesn't matter who you are. We're going to be reading from Zechariah. Um, we're going to look at Zechariah chapter 3. I've already mentioned that he was a bit of a strange visionary man. He had dreams and some of them were a bit weird. Today, I want to explain what this vision he had meant so that when you read it, you'll understand it for you. So Zechariah chapter 3, we're going to just read the first five verses that says this. Then he, that's God, showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by." Now, some of you are thinking, what is that all about? What has that got to do with me in Barrow in 2022? Well, this is what it's got to do. Here, we have Joshua, the high priest, and he's being accused. Paul's already mentioned this morning that one of the things that the enemy does is accused. You know, you're not good enough, you're rubbish, you're worthless, you're stupid, you'll never get any better. That's accusation that doesn't come from God, it comes from the very depths of hell. He's accused, he's told he's dirty, he's told he's worthless. This Joshua is the person that all of Judah, all of God's people, would look up to as their best. Okay? Joshua was the high priest. He was the one person who was able to go into God's presence, and then only once a year. This high priest was able to go into the Holy of Holies, and he was able to stand there on behalf of the whole of Israel. So this is the person that all of Judah would say had the most value. He's the Heinz, okay? Compared to me, the no-frills, okay? He's the Heinz. He's the qualities, the Marks and Spencers. He's the best. And yet here we see the enemy saying, ah, he's rubbish, he's not good enough, he's dirty, he can't be here. And yet Israel or Judah would have looked to him as the most pure or perfect, the one who represented, the person to look up to, yet he be, is accused. And what does God do to the accuser that's saying you're not good enough? God says, shut up. Shut up and Stop yapping. That's what he says. He rebukes him. He says, stop going on, because you're wrong. And you know, today, when you hear that word and you hear that voice that's saying you're not good enough, God is saying to that voice, stop that yapping. Be still. That is not true. That is not true. The Lord rebukes the accuser. You know, in the Bible, there's the story of Job Now, if you don't know the story of Job, he was a good man. He lost everything. He ended up sat on the floor in sackcloth and ashes, covered in sores, having lost everything he'd ever worked for, everything he had. And in Job chapter 16, verses 19 to 21, Job says this. Even now, despite all that stuff, my witness is in heaven. My advocate is on high. My intercessor is is my friend. As my tears and my eyes pour out tears to God, on behalf of a man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. God, as Jesus at his right hand, pleading for you, saying, don't listen to that voice. Stop that voice. You're not useless. You have value. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 to 2 says this in the New Testament. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, that's all of us. Just so you know. Sin is missing the mark, not being able to make it, but Jesus makes us worth it. Those who do sin, it says. Have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus advocates for you. Now, me and Roz are foster carers and there's a few other people in this room who've perhaps been foster carers or are foster carers. One of the most important jobs that Ros has to do, because she's better at it than me, is to advocate for the foster child. That means she fights their corner. So when somebody's not doing what they should do, Ros is on the phone, Ros is on an email, Ros is on a text, and you don't want to mess with (laughs) Ros. Trust me. And she has to advocate for the child. That means she fights his corner. She says to those other voices that are saying, we can't do this, she goes, no, that's wrong, you can't. She says to those other voices, don't let him be a statistic. He's going to be better than you expect. She says to those people, he deserves the best. He deserves the best you can have. That is an advocate. And those verses in the Bible say that you have an advocate that says at God's right hand, you are good enough. That fights your corner. That says and pleads and says, shut up that voice. This is not going to turn out the way it's going to. It's going to turn out better. It's going to be better because Jesus has paid the price. Yeah, That is what these verses in Zechariah are saying. We have somebody pleading our case. If you go to court, you have an advocate pleading your case. They fight your corner. Zechariah says, Even the one who is able to go into the holiest of holies is being told they're not good enough. You know, you might think Johnny Harrison stood at the front of Springmount talking has got it all sorted. I haven't. I sometimes hear those voices that say you're not good enough. Why, Why would people want to turn up and listen to what you've got to say? You can't sing. Your voice is croaky. You play wrong notes on the piano. You're useless. Do you know? I was made to feel rubbish about my music growing up as a child, and yet God has used it for His good. And actually, I have an advocate, I have one that is pleading my case. Why? Because I have value. I've got a few things in my pocket here. Don't often. I had to nick that one off Roz. This one, anyone recognise this? Do you recognise that stuff? No? Anyone recognise this? Okay, what is it? Is it Scottish money? No. It's a £1 note. Before we had coins, we all had bits of paper. Because a pound was worth something. Now, the Bank of England decided it's not as good and we've got coins. I found that, my my father-in-law gave me that and I keep it in my drawer. And I I can remember them, just about. You got more value, you got 100 penny sweets, whereas today you get about 20 penny sweets, don't you? Anyway, where's the other one gone? Here it is. If I said to you, who would like this five pound note? I've used this illustration before and Jay John's used it before, but I'm going to use it because I think it's important. Who would like this £5 note? Put your hand up. Come on, you're lying. <laughs> do you know, if you don't want this £5 note, then can you lend me some? Put your, who would like a £5 note? There's no catch. There's no catch. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. Everybody would want this £5 note. Am I If it was 20 you'd have it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sadly I haven't got twenty, and I haven't got contact list today either. So, this five pound note, why do you want it? Because it's worth five pounds. Yeah, yeah. Who would like it? Just put your hand up, okay? Right, well, I'm going to look for someone who's worth. Oh, Phil, it's your birthday. Come here, Phil. Come and stand up here, Phil. Okay. Would you like this five pound note? You'd like this five pound note, okay? How about? How about now, Phil? Would you still like it? It's been scrunched up. Would you still like it? Yes, please. Why? Because it's still worth five pounds. Because it's still worth five pounds. What about... I live on a farm. There could be all sorts on the bottom of my shoes. (laughs) Would you still like it? Yes, you can clean them. Because it's still... Worth five pounds. Because it's still worth five pounds. I should have done that before I stood on it. It's okay. It's okay. Would you still like it? Probably not. Probably not. But if I washed it, would you still have it? Because it's it's still worth five pounds. Now, I did the last bit because he's going to sit down and not take it off me, and I need every fiver I can get, to be fair. So, it's still worth five pounds, isn't it? Would you like it? Not now I've spat on it. No, not with COVID, obviously. I'll tell you what, Phil. I'll wash it under the sink later and you can have it if you want. There's a birthday present off me. Yeah, <laughs> off a, a birthday present off Ross. <laughs> but I want you to remember what we've just done. It didn't matter what happened to the £5 note. It was still worth the same yeah that is the same as us doesn't really matter what happens to us yes sometimes we're broken sometimes we're shaped by adverse effects but we still have the same value yeah if we've been scrunched up stepped on spat out we still have the same value and even as i'm saying this some of you are thinking in your heads yeah that's all right to say for a five pound note johnny but it's not true of me it is true of you doesn't matter what has happened to you you are still valued the same you are still valued the same the high priest in this story it says he's been snatched like a stick out of fire that means he has been rescued just like everybody else i'm stood here at the front but i have been rescued just like all of you can and I'm not perfect. I am not stood here as some, look at Johnny, he's got it all together. Because I haven't. But I know I've still got value. And I know that it doesn't matter what happens, I'm still worth what it costs. The high priest has been rescued. He's been reclothed. The outside has been changed. It says his clothes are all dirty. And it says God says, put new clothes on him. Do you know, today, God says, you can put new clothes on. And he doesn't mean the physical material. It means he can dress you in his robes of righteousness, in his clothes of joy. He can dress you in new things. Your wardrobe can be love, compassion, kindness, humbleness. It doesn't have to be bitterness, sadness, unforgiveness. It can be new life through Jesus. That is what this passage in Zechariah is saying. It says, put a clean turban on his head. And if you didn't understand this, you'd be thinking, well, I don't understand why he's putting a clean turban on his head. The high priest, it tells us in Exodus, earlier in the Bible, the high priest had a turban with a gold plate on it. And on that gold plate, it said this, holy to the Lord. On his head, he wore a turban that marked him out as holy to the Lord. What does holy mean? Special, precious, set apart, chosen. This man is chosen, precious, set apart. Everyone in this room is the same. You just don't need the turban anymore. You don't need to worry about what you're wearing. You just need to know your position before God. And what happens in this beginning of Zechariah is the high priest is reinstated. He is restored. His position is made right again in front of God. That's the same for you. You might have messed up. You might have stuffed up. You might have screwed up. You might have done all sorts of things in your life. But today, God says you can be restored. Your position in front of God can be restored. You're still the five pound note. In fact, you're worth more. You still got value. The turban was the sign of that chosenness. So in front of this accuser that says even the most important person is dirty and not good enough, God says he's rescued. He's rescued. God says, He's reclothed. God says, He's restored and He's holy to me. He says the same about us. Is that exciting? Doesn't matter what you've been through. He says, You're rescued, you're reclothed, you're restored and you're holy to me. As I thought about this, I thought about the song from Hairspray. Anyone seen Hairspray? Yeah, yeah. There's the one that the man sings to his wife who's feeling a bit down in the dump. She's called Edna and she thinks she's not good enough. She's too fat. She's too ugly. She can't do anything. And he says, no, baby, you're timeless to me. Just like a stinky old cheese. Just getting riper with age. You know, you might not want to be thought of as a stinky old cheese. But what he's saying there is, that's a good thing if you like stinky old cheese. I don't like stinky old cheese. But God loves you. God loves you, and he says, you're timeless to me. You're not unloved and unlovable. I love you with the same value as I love every single person on this planet. From the most important to the least as we value them, God doesn't see that value. God just says, you're timeless to me. For God so love the world, not just the individuals. Forget the negative words in your head. God says, I love you. Then comes the priorities. This series has been called Prioritize, and it's about what we need to do as God's people. And so here we see the priorities in Zechariah chapter 3, verses 6 to 7. It says this The angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says If you will walk in obedience to me and keep my requirements then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you a place among these standing here. What are the priorities? To walk and obey. To walk and to follow. That is the priorities in this chapter that Zechariah says to the high priest. So if it's, the pri- it's a priority for the high priest, it's a priority for us. Walk and obey. Then restoration will come. It's not just going to happen. We've got to prioritise walking And obey him. Well, what does that mean? How we walk is important, isn't it? Who we walk with is important. Would you agree? Yeah? First time Joel ever did the Keswick to Barrow, it was the year after I'd done it for the first time. And I knew that you've got to set quite a fast pace to begin with because you're only going to get slower. Unless you're Paul Hardingham, in which case you just go like the Joris bunny. And we got to about the 13 mile mark, which is towards Coniston, just bear this in mind are you doing oh you're only doing the Coniston aren't you so that's good though it's not only it's good but the Keswick Barrow. when you get to Coniston you're only 13 miles in and you start thinking there's not a chance I'm finishing this you start aching in places you didn't know ached and you start to feel a bit like you need to give up and when I did it I was on my own and I did it with Joel the year after and we got to Coniston and he said dad I think he was about 13 or 14 he said dad I'm not gonna I can't I'm not gonna do this And I said, okay, we've been going quite fast. Let's slow down a little bit so that you're not going to hurt as much. Now, in slowing down, that makes your muscles start seizing up. So as an older man at the time, I'm an even older man now, I started to get a bit bit achy because I was going a bit slower than I should have been. However, we get to the bottom of Kirby Moore, and Joel goes, do you mind if I just go, Dad? And I'm like, all right. So off he trots, I'm still struggling along, he trots off, turbo's on. Mm-mm. But actually, if he'd have just kept walking with experience, he'd have known things would have been better. Because what happened was, he got to the top of Kirby Moore and I overtook him. Because he was then in agony, because he was going too fast. And he ended up staggering across the line with Claire Cutts and Ross. And in the end, I can remember the day after he was carried into church because he was like, oh, my feet. Such a drama queen that he was, is that right? Yeah, yeah, still is, yeah. But if he'd have walked with the experience, if he'd have not, he would have not been of sort and he would have finished quicker. As it was, he managed to walk with some other people who were experienced and he still got across the line. But if he'd have walked at the right pace, he would have been fine. If he'd have been walking on his own, he would have given up. If he'd have been on his own, he'd have given up. Do you know, today you can walk with the King of Kings. Today you can walk with the God who knows what's coming ahead and who knows what's behind. If you've ever walked across Morecambe Bay Sands, anyone ever, I know Naomi has, haven't you? I've just mentioned Naomi's name. so go, woo, Kathy Burton, you've done it. Anyone else have done Morecambe Walk, yeah? You go with a guide, don't you? And you follow him. Because otherwise you'll end up in quicksand, yeah? You'll end up in peril. You walk with somebody who is experienced and who knows the way. I'm right on Did you end up in quicksand when you went on your walk? It's just the way you're laughing. Are you teasing her, Steve? Maybe, okay. Leave her alone. Okay. You walk with somebody who knows the best places to stand, don't you? Yeah? Because you want to make it to the other side. That is what Zechariah is saying. Walk with him. Because he knows the way. He knows the footsteps to stand in. He knows that even though there's danger and difficulty on every side, he'll get you across. He'll get you through. He'll get you to the other side. Psalm 11, this reminds me of Psalm 1 verses 1 to 3 that says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk, in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers if we walk with the one who's fruitful then we'll prosper spiritually but if you walk, do you notice the, the 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 what's the word? The the process or the progress of that verse. If you walk, then you stand, then you sit. If you walk with the wrong people, you'll end up stood still. And actually, if you stand up stood still, you'll end up sat with those that are just mocking. We need to walk in the way that he says. If we walk with the wrong people, we will stop making progress. Yeah, would you agree? Those older in the room, when you've walked with the wrong people, have you stopped making progress? Yeah. So we need to walk with the one who says, follow me. We need to walk with the one who says, I know the footsteps you need to take. The first priority today is who we are walking with and how we are walking. You know, fa- not faulty Towers, Monty Python, Ministry of Silly Walks, all that jazz, you know. Okay? Don't do that. That's nonsense. You're not going to get anywhere. Don't follow the ministry of silly walks. Follow the ones who walk righteously. If I walked down the street like that every day, people would know. We need to walk in the ways that God says. We need to walk in those ways. Psalm 23 verse 4 is a very famous verse, but in the message it says this. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Even when the way goes through death's valley, I am not afraid when you walk by my side. Who are you walking with? Who are you journeying with? Who are you excited to journey with? Some of you are looking very blank this morning, but that's quite common. So, hey, carry on. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 3 in the message version says this. Fools on the road have no sense of direction. The way they walk tells the story there goes the fool again. People will see how you're walking. So how are you walking? Who are you walking with? What does your walk look like? Because people will notice. People will see who you are following. How we walk, where we walk and who we walk with will matter and ultimately matter, not just for now, but for all eternity. So first priority is to walk. Second priority is to obey. Obedience to God's ways, to God's instructions and to God's advice. You know, we've had some pretty strict rules to follow over the last two years, haven't we? And yet the minute we stop following them, what do we see? An increase in illness, infection. We've had rules to follow and we haven't always liked it. And people have rebelled against those rules, haven't they? People don't like rules. They don't, oh, I know what I'm doing. Oh, look at those sheep look at those sheep following the rules. Do you know, Jesus called us sheep because we're a bit stupid. But actually, my sheep hear my voice, is what he said, and they know me, and they follow me. Do you know, I'd rather be a sheep that follows the king than a sheep that's lost in the field in nowhere. I'd rather go through the valley of death with him by my side than on my own. God says, walk in my ways. Why? Because he's already gone ahead. He's not like the government where they say, do this and then have a party. He doesn't break his own rules. He says, follow me because I've gone there before. God says, walk in my ways. I've already gone ahead because Jesus, the Lord, has already walked the path. He's experienced homelessness. He's experienced hunger. He's experienced temptation. He's experienced grief and loss. He's experienced friendship and betrayal. He's experienced pain and sorrow. He's already been there. So he knows what it's like and he says, follow me, walk with me, walk in his way, obey his instructions. Why? Because he wants the best for us. So the priority is today to walk and obey, to follow and be restored. That's the promise, to be restored. And Zechariah 3 finishes with these verses, verses 8 to 10. Listen, high priest Joshua, you and your associates seated before you who are men symbolic of things to come. Just remember that little bit for future. Symbolic of things to come. He's the high priest. And he says, listen, Joshua and those that are like you. The high priest is symbolic of Jesus who is to come and is the ultimate high priest, who makes the way into the holy of holies. Listen, high priest Joshua, you and your associates seated before you, who are men symbolic of things to come. I am going to bring my servant, the branch. See the stone I have set in front of Joshua. There are seven eyes on that one stone, and I will engrave an inscription on it, says the Lord Almighty, and I will remove the sin of this land in a single day. In that day, each of you will invite your neighbour to sit under your vine and fig tree, declares the Lord Almighty. So it starts with a picture this morning of worth and it continues with a way to walk in and then it finishes with a promise of what's to come. So as we finish this morning, let's just quickly look at these pictures he saw. The high priest is symbolic. Then he talks about a branch. He talks about a stone and a removal. Well, the branch was a common title for the Messiah, the branch of David, the branch of Jesse. Jeremiah kept talking about a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is right and just, and then talks about being the vine where we are, the branches. Jesus himself said, remain in me. In other words, walk with me, obey, follow me, and I'll get you there. I'll get you across. And then we hear about the stone. Well, Jesus was called the cornerstone. It even says he was the stone that the builders rejected. So this is talking about Jesus. It's a promise of the Messiah. It's a promise of the one who's going to come. And it talks about a stone with all these eyes on. told you it was weird. A stone with seven eyes. Woo, what's that all about? Some of you in here might have had weird dreams like this. A stone with seven eyes? Well, the stone is the cornerstone. The number seven was the perfect number. And the eye is all-seeing and all-knowing. In other words, this cornerstone will be perfect and will be all-knowing and all-seeing. That's Jesus. That's God. That's who it's talking about. Eyes to show those things that are perfect. Then it says, remove sin in a single day. What does that remind us of? Good Friday. What happened on Good Friday? Jesus died. Why did he die? To remove the sin of the world. If we trust in him, if anyone believes in him, they'll not perish. For God solved the world. Good Friday, the single day when death was defeated, when sin was removed, when we can know that everything we've ever done or we're gonna do has already been paid for. That's the value. That is what you're worth. The value has been paid now and forever. You've just got to accept it. What a promise of who to look out for that Zechariah brings, yeah? What a promise. One who is a rock. One who is a branch of David, of David's line. One that is going to be all-knowing and all-seeing. One that you want to walk with because he's wise. And then it finishes with this, to sit under your vine and fig tree. In that day, each of you will invite your neighbour to sit under your vine and fig tree. Anyone got a vine and a fig tree in the garden? No? No? Oh, (laughs) Naomi has. There you go. So Naomi's inviting us all round to her backyard to sit under her vine and fig tree. Is that right? Allotment. You've got to go and sit on the allotment. That means she's going to distance herself from me there a little bit. That's right, isn't it? No. What does it mean? Well, first of all, Jesus is the vine. And if you look up vine and fig tree throughout the whole Bible, it's a symbol of peace. When people were able to sit under a vine and fig tree, it meant they were at peace. So what does it mean? Invite people to sit under your vine and fig tree. He says, Jesus is the vine. Everyone's welcome. Just like Naomi's saying, everyone's welcome to her allotment. Everyone's welcome. What are they welcome to? They're welcome to the peace that passes understanding. You want peace in your life? Come and sit under him walk with him. That's what it's saying. That's what this passage is talking about. It's talking about worth. It's talking about value. It's talking about his priority for you. His priority for you is that you're rescued, that you're removing all the sin, that you're cleaned up, and that you are precious and holy in his sight. And with this, I finish. Our priority is to walk with him, to follow him in his ways. I'm going to read you the lyrics of a song that I used to sing with my brother many years ago. And I did think about playing it, which maybe I should, but I don't know. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the song lyrics. But this is a song by Graham Kendrick called Paid on the Nail. And I want you to listen to this. Think about yourself and your value. Think about that £5 note. It didn't matter what happened to the £5 note. You are still worth that value. This song says, is a rich man worth more than a poor man? Is a stranger worth less than a friend? Is a baby worth more than an old man? Your beginning worth more than your end? Is a president worth more than his assassin? Does your value decrease with your crime? Like when Christ took the place of Barabbas, would you say he was wasting his time? Well, how much do you think you're worth? Will anyone stand up and say? Would you say that a man is worth nothing till someone is willing to pay? I suppose that you think that you matter. Well, how much do you matter to whom? It's much easier at night when with friends and bright lights than much later alone in your room. Do you think they'll miss one in a billion when you finish this old human race? And does it really make much of a difference when your friends have forgotten your face? If you heard that your life had been valued, that a price had been paid on the nail, would you ask what was traded, how much and who paid it, who was he and what was his name? If you heard that his name was called Jesus, would you say that the price was too dear? Held to the cross, not by nails, but by love, it was us broke his heart, not the spear. Would you say you're worth what it cost him? You say no, but the price stays the same. If it doesn't make you cry, then laugh it off, pass him by, but remember the day when you threw it away, that he paid what he thought you were worth. So how much do you think he is worth then? Will anyone stand up and say, Tell me, what are you willing to give him in return for the price that he paid? That is our value. I have the same price as you, the price that it cost Jesus to die. Why? So that you could be cleaned up from the inside out, so that you could be called holy and precious because your value is the value of Jesus. Jesus. Don't take my word for it, it's his, it's his. Let's pray. Just gonna ask the band to come up and we're just gonna wait a moment. In a moment we're gonna take bread and we're gonna take juice The reason for that is to remember his body broken, his blood shed, and the whole purpose of that is to remember the price that he paid, to remember what he believes you are worth. And as we sit here bowed, I want you to think about what you value yourself as. And many of us, as we sit here and think about our own worth, will think that we're not worth anything. But I want you to just know, in this place right now, every single person in this room and on this planet Was worth Jesus dying for them. Was worth Jesus. And that song says, What are you going to do about it? You're just going to laugh it off and pass him by? Or today, do you want to respond and say, I'm going to accept that gift? If you want to, everyone else is going to bow their heads, we're going to pray. If you want to accept that gift this morning and say, Yes, I want to recognize that I am worth Jesus. I know he's died for me and I want to be cleaned up from the inside out, I just want to invite you just to, just to stand where you are. It's a bit of a brave thing, and people might not do it. Don't want you to do anything else, just to stand where you are. If you've never done that before, if you realise you want to, maybe you've got that real heartbeat going fast now, thinking, I don't want to do this. But if it's you, I just want you to stand. I just want to pray for you. Thank you. It might be that you know how valuable you are, but you've forgotten your worth. So maybe it's about re- re- remembering what you're worth. Thanks, guys. I'm just going to pray for these. Is there anyone else who wants us to pray? I'm going to say a prayer. And this prayer is just about saying yes to Jesus. And as I say it, I just want you to repeat it back. We're all going to repeat it back as a congregation. But while you're stood, you're saying, I want to accept Jesus. And when you go, don't leave without me giving you something today. Okay? So let's pray. I'm going to pray. Just repeat in your heart and in your head what I'm going to say. Dear God, you can all join in. Dear God, we thank you that you value us. I thank you that despite my past and my future, you have already paid the price. I thank you that today I can be clean that my past has been forgiven I am sorry for that past but today I can know it's been dealt with so give me that freedom you promise. And help me to know your peace as I choose to follow Jesus. In his name, amen. I think we celebrate.